At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You ready to check your feelings at the door? Check it out. Check it out. This is Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? We're bringing you facts and only the truth. Now, Am I Reister or Am I Wrong? I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amsden, and this is Reister or Wrong. Now, the NFL playoffs are starting, and we have our quarterback confidence ratings. Um, college football may be dying a slow death. Kirby Smart thinks so. And we think it's because the people in charge are inept. And we're not talking about the coaches. Um, what happens when you side with the enemy? When somebody that you are diametrically opposed to uh, in beliefs, they say something real smart. Do you retweet it? Do you quote it? Or do you just gnash your teeth um wharton students think that the average american makes eight hundred thousand dollars boy oh boy um sorry newsflash um a reporter gets hit what does that mean and some people said you know they can't believe jamaica we have a bobsled team and instagram wants to uh wants you to subscribe like only fans so, <laughs> you guys, this is Right or Wrong, the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. You can shoot us an email. I'm mad. I M M A D at unafraidshow.com or shoot us a text message, 818 293 7547. All right, Ralph, 
So we'll start with the NFL. We got games this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. A lot of legacies on the line. People trying to get their second Super Bowl, separate themselves, get closer to Tom Brady. Tom Brady's trying to distance himself the way nobody can ever catch him. And then that got me to thinking about not which teams do we think are best. Which quarterbacks do we trust the most? So, uh, so we have our quarterback confidence ratings. And for uh, where do you start out? What is your who is the quarterback out of all eight left in the playoffs that you have the least confidence in? That's going to be Jimmy Garoppolo, George. <laughs> ding, ding, that ding. Is, that is that me is too, homeboy. And I don't feel like I have to elaborate on that. It's a level of inconsistency that he has shown that led to his own franchise taking a quarterback in the first round and and the fact that when they do have the most success, it isn't him going out throwing for 300 yards and, and four touchdowns. It's just overall offensive innovation. Can you imagine Jimmy Garoppolo throwing, putting up a stat line like Patrick Mahomes put up last last week, 404 yards, five touchdowns? Can you imagine I can, that? I can imagine Jimmy Garoppolo putting up a stat line that Pat Mahomes put up in the first quarter and a half. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> All right. 36 yards passing or something like that. Yeah, he's the he's my least confident quarterback, the quarterback I have the least confidence in. Uh, up next for me is Ryan Tannehill. And it's not that I don't like Ryan Tannehill. It's just that he he like. Jimmy Garoppolo, it needs to do the least for his team to win that like he can play just I and the team still win. So I don't have a whole lot of confidence that either he needs to play well or that he can go out and put up a, a, a big number if need be. Yeah, I I, I want to agree with you here. Um, part of me wants to make this the Matt Stafford, but I, I agree with you. In 2019, Tannehill did put a couple of really good postseason games together. Uh, Kansas City, um, you know, ended up knocking the the Titans out, I believe, in the AFC Championship, in which Tannehill actually played pretty good. But in the two games leading up to that, he had less than 100 yards passing. Yeah, one of them, they only threw the ball eight times. Exactly. So he's not he, – he's like you said, they don't need him to win. He had kind of a down year from the borderline MVP conversation season he had um, in 2020. He had kind of a down year this year, and they managed to just cobble ways together to ultimately get them um, the only bye week in, in the AFC. So uh, I, I like Ryan Tannehill. I love that he's leveled up, but he needs to take a big step forward for him to be any higher than is, is he your number list. seven, too? Yes, absolutely. Okay. My number six is Matthew Stafford. He's never done it. He's never done it. And he just won a playoff game throwing the ball 17 times because the Arizona Cardinals didn't show up. So I'm, I don't have a whole lot of confidence that he can do it because he hasn't shown it yet. But could he possibly? Yes. But right now, he lands at number six. He's 0-4 in his career in the playoffs um, he's had a couple of decent playoff games. You can make the argument that he was never really on. No, I'm, I, I apologize. He was 0-3 headed into this year. Yeah, he's now 1-3. and um, But again, he's not the reason that they beat the Cardinals. The Cardinals are the reason that, that, that they beat the Cardinals. So um, I'm very, very interested to see what he does against 
Tampa Bay because they're they're going to need they're really going to need him uh, if they're going to move on to the NFC Championship. I agree with you, Matt Stafford at number six. Yep, and he better play well because he wants a new brand new contract after this year. Ooh, if he don't play well, boy, you oh man, my Twitter line, my Twitter timeline going to be on fire. Um, number five for me, Joe Burrow. And the only reason why he's probably this low on mine is because this is his second year in the league. He's never been in the playoffs. Like I trust him on some level, but I all but part of that is because I trust Jamar Chase so much. And the dude who couldn't catch a cold in in the middle of a snowstorm, he couldn't he couldn't catch COVID in the middle of a of a stadium with no mask on, full of Omicron infected people in the, in the uh, preseason. But now the dude is absolutely out, outstanding. Um, so Joe Burrow's my number five. My number five. Uh, I don't know if you're going to believe this because it's a quarterback that I'm definitely rooting for more than any other is Josh Allen. Um, and, and the reason for that is well, you have seen him at his absolute best, but he is, um, what, what's that, what's that child's game? Pop goes the weasel. Yes. I, everybody is always holding their breath for the ultimate Josh Allen, like not self-destruction him. Cause I don't think self-destruction is the right word for it, but the way that this bills team is constructed, he has to do too much. And sometimes he goes beyond doing too much to doing all the things. And all the things will include like three touchdowns, three interceptions, two rushing touchdowns, two fumbles returned for a touchdown. Like, and, and that, um, and especially with the matchup, because I think the matchup matters, puts him at number five for me. Now, do I hope that he goes out and has another game like he had against the, the Patriots defense? One of the best games any quarterbacks ever put together in the playoffs, much less against Bill Belichick uh, ever. Um, I I would absolutely love for that to happen against the Chiefs. Am I confident that it will two weeks in a row? No. Yeah. Oh, ooh, I'm surprised that you ditched your boy like that. Put him at number five. I'm not ditching him. I love him. I just know I I I know what I've seen thus far, and 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 I know what I've seen out of the Bills. And unless yeah. they're going to go out and run the ball, and play defense, you're asking him to do. Everything. So when you're saying that, that if he tries to do too much, that we could see bad Josh Allen again. It's not even so much that it's bad. It's it's bad Josh Allen. It's that quarterbacks aren't meant to be everything. Yeah, they're just not. They're not meant to be your leading rusher. They're not meant to be um, in situations where they're having to pass block for themselves. So that that, that it's it's um, if too much is put on his shoulders, I worry about the consequences. Okay, well, I got him at number four. I believe in him more than you do, Ralph. Josh Allen is my guy right now, even though he's going to lose this weekend. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I believe in Josh Allen um, more than Ralph. And he is my number four. Uh, Who's your number four? Joe Burrow. And the sole How could you believe in Joe Burrow more than Josh Allen? When Joe Burrow gets hot, and first of all, the way this Bengals team is built is fantastic. Um, when Joe Burrow gets hot, there's not a lot uh, that we've seen quite like it. And he is in the middle of one of his biggest heaters. George, it's been six games since he's thrown an interception. And you know he's throwing a lot, right? Yes. Six games since he's thrown a pick. He is mm. in the middle. You got to ride this. You have to. 
You yeah. absolutely have to ride this. And I think, I think the Bengals are going to win. I don't think that that's impossible, bro. I do not think it's impossible. All right. Uh, my number three quarterback, and I waffled on this a lot, waffled on this a lot, is, and I'm still waffling on it right, right now. My number three is Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes, it's Aaron Rodgers. Oh, that that hurt, bro. That hurt. And, and, and this is not a slight because I could have swapped number three and number two very, very easily because Aaron Rodgers is obviously Aaron Rodgers. He, he is accurate. He doesn't turn the ball over. When they lose in the playoffs, it's usually not his fault. Last year, he had a coach who went for it on, oh, I'm sorry, who kicked the field goal on fourth and eight from the eight with two minutes left. So you still needed a touchdown to win. That was that's the part that was insanity to me. But anyways, yeah, so I don't I trust Aaron Rodgers to be great. I trust him to be to to play well. Yeah, so he's my number 3. Okay, my number 3 is uh Tom Brady. Whoa! <laughs> right. Damn. Okay. Yeah. It's not meant to be an insult against Tom Brady. Um, we have to throw out the fact that he's 44 years old because it just doesn't seem to matter. Um, and yes, he does have 21 more playoff wins than the next closest quarterback, Joe Montana, okay. who has 15. Um, so it, it would be absurd in any other circumstance to put uh, your confidence level in any quarterback um, higher than, than Tom Brady. But I think the issue is here. Um, Tom Brady has had better uh, situations to be working in. Um, and, you know, you got to you, you got to even though he's he's on a hot streak, you got an older Rob Gronkowski. You're missing two of your best receivers. Uh, your primary running back is not available. No, we're just trusting the okay. quarterback. We're trusting the right? quarterback. And- and every single one of and and this is a legitimate argument that I've seen people make for years and years and years. Every single one of Tom Brady's Super Bowl wins has been a group effort. Correct. There has not been one where it's been like, oh, Tom did this. Mm. Has Tom Brady done things in those situations? Yeah. Mm. But it but like they are missing a lot of pieces. So that group effort's not going to be there in Damn, the way that it has. Bro, here. that's real talk right there. That's real spit. You almost made me change my mind right there. Almost made me change change my mind. That was a good one. That was a good one. Okay. Um, so who's your two? My number two is Aaron Rodgers. I, no, I'm you sorry. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. No, no, sorry. <laughs> my like, oh, did two. I actually make you change your mind? <laughs> my number two is Patrick Mahomes. Okay. In his young career, this dude has been able to to just pull a rabbit out of his head. And and now that I think about it, now that your argument is there, I should have made him number one because that Super Bowl last year where he had no blocking, he still just continuously dropped dimes on people even when he had to throw the ball horizontal, hitting people in the hands. They just dropped him. He had no protection. So I actually should have him number one. Actually, I'm changing. He's number one. Because this is a dude who is, no matter these circumstances, he will do his job to a very high level. So that puts Tom Brady now at number two. 
and Patrick Mahomes at number one because he does his job no matter what, no matter the okay. circumstances. Okay. Uh, he did. You're right. In the Super Bowl, he did um, not receive a lot of help and he did play well. So maybe you have to throw that out. He's had a lot of success in, in the playoffs in his young career, even when he they lost um, in the AFC Championship in 2019 to New England. Yeah, when they jumped off sides. Yeah, 300 yard um, passing, three touchdown game. So um, it, it it almost makes you wonder what would have happened if Kansas City had had him as the starting quarterback tw- in, in 2017 when they made the playoffs because it's just been he's been putting on a clinic ever since they gave him the reins. Yes, um, he threw for 400 yards last week and, and five touchdowns. You would think I'd make him my number two, but I'm not. He is uh, no. You'd think I'd make him my number one, but I'm not. He is my number two. Aaron Rodgers is oh. my number one, and it's that because it's the Aaron Rodgers revenge tour. Some people uh, have that like Michael Jordan thing where they're able to manufacture uh, a bunch of uh, problems for them to use as motivation. Um, Aaron Rodgers hates his family. He hates the city he plays in. He hates the media, hates the media that covers him, hates the liberals that root for him. He is uh, uh, and he hates the conservatives who think that he is one of them. He is being fueled by pure hate right now, and he is on the best three-year run we've ever seen out of a quarterback. Now, obviously, no Super Bowl has come of that, but just statistically, the best three-year run we have ever seen, including the quarterback god, Patrick Mahomes, and what he's been able to do. Like, I've never seen anything like what Aaron Rodgers is doing, and I'm really hoping that he keeps it going because it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, that makes that is a really, really good point. All right. Those are our quarterback confidence ratings. Um, I cannot believe that you put Aaron Rodgers at number one. Oh, my God. But your reasoning is somewhat sound. So I'm, I'm OK with that. Um, I can't be on this show and not have a reason because you I get made fun of. <laughs> Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever 
you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Now, on. Okay. Now, there are reasons why people believe college football may be dying. And here's what Kirby Smart had to do, had to say uh, with an interview with Reese Davis. Because, mind you, he just won a national championship. And, of course, with his defense, you would, you would expect a bunch of guys to go to the NFL, which everybody expected. But now he's got starters in the transfer portal. And he said it prior to the game that he thought that there would be, you know, an exodus. And he was right, boy. Like, it's going to take them at least another recruiting class to, to rebuild after a national championship because of the portal. And here's what he had to say to Reese Davis. It worries me, I'll be real honest with you, where the game of college football is going. First concern I have, the best leaders and the best men to run it and be organized with it are leaving. Because you said relentless. The best coaches are going to the NFL because they get more time with their families. They want no part of NIL, portal, constant recruiting. And you say, well, why not? Go live it and see how long you want to do it. It's not what it used to be. And I see coaches left and right, you know a lot of them, that have stepped out of this game that are saying, I'm done. Good men, great leaders, they don't want to be a part of it. That concerns me for the future of it. Where's it going? Okay, what's your takeaway from that, Ralph? I loved it. I loved it. And I I think that he's right. I think that the current uh, set of circumstances in the NCAA and in college football is most attractive to grifters and bad men. I don't think that it is an attractive situation to teachers and shepherds and mentors. I think that it is primarily attractive Mm. to uh, people who are looking to get paid people who have a dog eat dog mindset people who uh, trend toward cutting corners um, and people who are willing to sacrifice 
the people in their lives that they care about the most for uh, career oriented goals. I, I think that he he's he's absolutely tapped into uh, a truth that we need to address and needs to be addressed at the NCAA level, or we will continue to see um, a devolving of the leadership class within college football. Yeah, yeah, I I believe that. I believe that there needs to be. Well, so I've continuously blamed the the. NCAA for this because they screwed up. They literally left left the keys. Uh, they they literally left the kids in the house. And I don't when, when I say kids, I mean the actual kids and college students and the coaches, the administrators, athletic directors. They left everybody in the uh, in the house in the basement and told them to just eat candy. Like 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 guys guys guys. Have fun. Don't wreck the house. We'll be back maybe never. We're going on vacation. That's what they did. And they expected everything to be okay? No. See, I don't feel sorry for coaches who are multimillionaires having to deal with this. I don't, right? But I do understand because you're being handsomely compensated to figure it out. But I do understand their frustration. Because because it is like the mentality is changing on some level in, in, in terms of you want players who want to come in, compete, go through some hard things, learn some personal hard lessons. And you understand if you're not getting playing time or any of that, yes, that you should be allowed to transfer or if it's not the right fit for you. But. Right now, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like the transfer portal. It doesn't feel like any of these things are being used the right way. And that's the and that's the issue. That's a level of frustration that that I understand that when the transfer portal is not being used the right way. And by and by right way, because obviously anybody can use it however they want to use it. You are free. There should have been some guardrails put up around it like like there should have been a more restrictive period where you can transfer. Right. That that way, that way you can go to whatever school that you want to. There's you're you're unencumbered, but there is a tighter time window and they made the time window way too big. And I think that that's causing an, a huge issue uh, as it relates to college football, because there needs to be a window the same way that there is for the signing period. That way you, you can go in this time or you can go in this time. That's it. Aside, aside from that, you have to stick around. But on the other hand, if you get a scholarship, it shouldn't be a one-year deal. Like in the, it should be like the Pac-12, where if you get a scholarship, you're there for four years. If you want to be, if you choose to leave, that's totally different. But whether it's academic or football, because I do think that they should be able to convert your scholarship into from sports into academic if you want it. But that you still because they committed to you to do this. So I'm fine. I think that both things should happen at the same time. 
I do feel bad for these coaches and I don't care that they're millionaires. It's, it's one of those things where, um, you know, you're saying like UPS dropped off Pandora's box at somebody's doorstep and, you know, they opened Pandora's box, which was sent to them and it fills their house with evil spirits. You're on the outside looking in like, well, at least they got a box. Yeah. No, this is, this is, it's driving good men and teachers who are compensated according to market value. And yeah, it's harder to feel sorry for them because they're very well compensated, but college football is better when it is filled with good teachers and good men. Like yes. people whose intentions that now there, there have always, always been uh, people with sociopathic tendencies in the coaching ranks, people who are ultra competitive, people who do not consider the preciousness of the gift that they've been given of the ability to shepherd young men into, into adulthood as people and as athletes that has always existed, but you are incentivizing only those people to yep. advance. And you are putting the people in a situation who actually want the best for these student athletes to possibly move on because the transfer portal does not have a dead period, which means that you are always in recruiting mode, the dead period isn't even really a dead period because DMs exist, text message exists, inbound calls exist. So uh, Rich Rodriguez has, is somebody who has always been uh, for this. He is the head coach at Jacksonville State, now former head coach at University of Arizona and Michigan and West Virginia. He says that the dead period needs to be a dead period. It needs to be no contact whatsoever to actually give coaches the ability to either focus on scheme professional development or actually being good stewards of their own family situations so that they can be good representatives of their school and their community. Uh, and the other thing is that if you want to sign with a school, there shouldn't be a signing period. It should just be mm, that see. you get to sign that you get to sign. So if you are a sophomore in high school, George, and a school comes to you and says they want to offer you a scholarship, they got to be careful because you can lock it in right then and there, which would eliminate Ooh. these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of meaningless scholarship offers that take place. And it would eliminate the need for some of these coaches to be out looking at uh, 2026 kids who aren't even in high school yet. See, the NCAA needs to protect the, the the coaches so that this is a sustainable profession. I am all for NIL. I am all for the freedom to transfer. I don't really care about any of that stuff. And if coaches are frustrated with that, that's fine. But they do need to protect the coaches and give them the ability to, to make sure that this is a sustainable profession for them to keep the grifters out, to keep the product from eroding. A lot of these kids transfer because they end up at a school full of liars who lied to them because they were incentivized to lie. Mm. Dude, and then they transfer to a school full of liars. Bro, you just brought up a great, great, great point, bro. Is that is that about the good men, bad men, dude? Thing that that is just crazy. That that now because of the money, you do have so many bad actors who are like, yo, <clears throat> I'm a good football coach. I understand ball. I can get rich doing this too. That <clears throat> it's less about the teaching and the mentorship and all that, that college coaching is supposed to be bro. You, you hit the nail on the head with, with, with that one. Um, see, people are still going to love college football. They're still going to cheer. 
all of that. But I do think that people become less invested when they think that the people involved are less invested. Yes. Yes. I, I will admit that my first my first time sort of falling away from baseball wasn't a strike. It wasn't a lockout. It was the fact that like the second baseman this year is not going to be the second baseman next year. Because based on analytics, we're always looking for somebody to have on a one-year deal for 600K. There's nobody for me to root for. Am I supposed to just go out and root for the laundry? I want to know who these people are. Yeah. I want to know. I want to know their story. So, like the first, the first strike for me when it came to like falling out of love with baseball was rapid turnover, and we're getting to that point in college football. Starting quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks, over a dozen of them who started the majority of the year in 2021 for their teams just left that is going to cause an erosion of fan affinity no the game it, it battles you you bring up the point that the ncaa had the opportunity to prepare to have success in this era and they did not prepare battles are won in preparation and they are losing battles every single day for the heart and soul of a sport that a lot of people love and yep. I, I 100% blame them, but they have to do something. They have to do something to wrangle this. And I agree with Kirby Smart. I agree with Rich Rodriguez. I agree with you. Like the, it, There is an erosion that's taking place right now. And yeah, maybe we still see full stadiums for the next couple of years, but there's going to be people who are 30, 40-year diehards who would have been 50, 60-year diehards who walk away. Is it worth it? Yeah. See... Yeah. And, and, and the, and the issue is, is this, right? Is that he keeps, is that he's talking about the, them wanting to believe that, uh, him wanting to believe that there was, uh, like that, that coaches are going to leave and go to the NFL. Right. And, mm-hmm. and part of that is, and, and part of that is I get it. Right. I do get it. I get that they're going to want to leave, but there's a finite amount of jobs. So are they just going to stay in college hating it there? Because they're, they're football coaches. They're not going to leave and go, you know, go practice law or go sell insurance. Right. So what happens to the coaches who don't get to go to the league or realize the league ain't for them? You have coaches now that are good men and good teachers trying to keep up uh, with the way that things are trending and some of the practices they are engaging in demonstrably show good men breaking bad. They really do. Look at Arizona State, George. Yeah. Nobody has ever talked and nobody who knows Herm Edwards on a personal level has ever said one bad word about him. In fact, when he left ESPN, grown men and women cried on air. When have you seen that for any <laughs> did that everybody loves Kenny Maine. Did that happen yeah. when Kenny Maine left? No, no. No, they were they were just sad but like happy. It was a celebration. Yeah. Two years into the Arizona State experiment, you fire Charlie Fisher who left a head coaching position to come and work for you. You fire Rob Likens to hire young men who can get kids. Yep. And those young men who can get kids are on administrative leave while your school is under investigation. 
<clears throat> this type of stuff is happening all over the country. Like it, you are the current system is incentivizing people to cut corners in order to have success. Yeah. Yep. And you can argue that that's not a moral issue that you should care about and you should do everything within your power to be as competitive as possible and not get caught to return the investment that your your fans put into you. They want to see you be good. They want to see you have success. And you can also look at it the other way and say that character and integrity and who you say you are matters beyond the world of college football, beyond the world of fandom, but like actually what you put out into the ether, your energy as a human being that those things are what you'll eventually be judged by. And those things matter as well. It really just depends on your perspective. But when we see good men breaking bad to keep up with a system that is poorly designed, then what, what else are you supposed to do the yep. other than judge the system? And I think that, I don't know. I just think that, that, that what Kirby smart said shouldn't be, shouldn't fall on deaf ears out of, uh, rivalry or out of spite or out of his wealth, but you should understand that that's somebody who's very close to the situation and who wants the best for the game. And as a college football fan, that's all you should want as well. Yep. I totally agree because I love college football and y you know, I do with, with all my heart, bro. And the fact that we're we're at a crossroads and we have a bunch of bad actors, like just the fact that there are a bunch of people who are not in favor of expansion. Uh, they're trying to do their, they're putting their own agendas in the way. It's not good for the sport, man. Do what's right for the sport and what's right for the kids. And you'll be in a better situation. And you'll be rewarded. Yep. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So now what happens, Ralph, when you have to side with the enemy? What happens when, you know, when you're an Alabama fan, right? Kirby Smart makes those comments and you're like, damn, he's right. I hate him. (laughs) Or or when, uh, because in the last year, I have found myself like that there are certain things because I believe in a in a principle of. Do is that do not throw out a message because you don't like the messenger, because sometimes a messenger that you generally don't agree with can speak a word, can speak a real, real word. So now and I found myself in this quinky day because in general, I don't really agree with Matt Walsh. Right. I generally do not agree with Ann Coulter. generally do not agree with a bunch of other people. Right. But sometimes they say things and I'm like, you write about that one. You write about that one. And I find myself, I'm like, if if I retweet this or if I co-sign this or because we get lumped in these buckets all the time now and people think, oh, well, if you agree with one person about this, then you're this or you're that. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. Bro, they're separate issues. Like some sometimes a broken clock is right twice a day. Well, not not sometimes it's right twice twice a day, but a broken clock is right twice a day. So occasionally some people will align up with you. So do you retweet those? Do you acknowledge them or do you just acknowledge them on your own in your person? Because I know a lot of people who are like, I don't want to hear anything that person has to say. They're wrong no matter what. And that ain't the case. Yeah, I would say that I struggle with this. Um, I haven't given up to to one side or the other. I don't, I don't hold my values and opinions in such high esteem that I celebrate when anybody of note comes around to the way that I think. And I, I certainly, um, I certainly don't write off any human being uh, entirely. But you bring up a guy like Matt Walsh. You know, um, Matt Walsh. Uh, professes to be a thing that I profess to be. And we have very different takes on what that, what that is. Um, You know, and I, I find him to be rather graceless and I find the people that, um, that regularly agree with the things that he says and champion his ideas. 
to be to be people that I don't have very much in common with. But, you know, if if he says something that I agree with, I don't necessarily take it as an affirmation that I'm right. I just understand that, like, if my values are consistent, there are going to be people who end up in the area that I'm in. I look at it like baseball. If I'm a first baseman and somebody gets a single, they're not also a first baseman in that moment. They're on first base. They're in my territory, right? And and they can be in my territory because that's where I exist. I've established my values. I understand who I am. And when people come around to that, I can acknowledge it. But that doesn't mean that I got to follow them to second base, right? My job is to be. (laughs) And so like, I, I, I think that it's important to just know who you are and not be a sycophant because that is the, the period of time in history that we have entered is that you can have somebody come along that you sell out for completely. And when they come out and say something that goes against your values, you go along with them. And then if they change, I can't go understand back the other way. that, bro. I can't. I cannot. And that's, that's a thing with being on what people think that they're on this team of like, I'm a liberal or I'm a conservative, but we're watching the whole conservative island move around in the ocean right now. Well, people standing on it are in a completely different place than they were eight years ago. And the thing can be same thing can be said for for uh, certain ideas that are moving further to the left or certain ideas that were on the right that have moved more to the middle or more to, more extreme to the right. Either way, like if you don't have 10 toes down and you're not established with where you're at, then you will go where other people are going. And I, I just don't have I don't have any interest in doing that. But it's an interesting question of what you do when somebody posits an opinion and you consider yourself an opinionist. George, what do you do? when somebody of note comes around to where you're at. Sometimes I celebrate it. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I just quiet to, to be perfectly honest. I quietly like, mm, because part of me is like, I don't want to give this person the, the shine in this moment to feel like that. Yeah. That, yo know, George is on team there, but in reality, I probably should. Right. I should as a person that fashions my myself as, you know, wanting to be about the truth and wanting to be honest about these things. I should. And I'm going to do that going going forward. So if you're on my timeline from now on, you might get all kind of kind of stuff. I've made a decision today. We're, we're we're not hiding from 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 these things, but some things eh, we, 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 we we will keep in the DMs, though. <laughs> like I just I had just, a DM con- conversation last night about uh, a Dr. Phil clip that is 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 not is not safe for work, buddy. <laughs> I just I, I think that there's also just things that like you have to ask yourself like is my opinion on this for me? Is my opinion on this for everyone? Is my opinion on this necessary? Mm. And I and I I and I only got around to that through I think making the mistake of believing that the answer to all of the questions was yes at the same time. Like, <laughs> yes, no. this is for me. Yes, this is for you. And yes, you need to hear it. Yeah, and sometimes it's yes, no, no, <laughs> or no, yes, yes, <laughs> or no, no, yes. Um. All right. Okay. Now, Ralph. If this were you, if you were 
a reporter in Kentucky, I believe, at K at WSAZ. Um, wait, actually, actually, no, this isn't K- Kentucky, Virginia, because, I think. Yes, Charleston. in West in West Virginia. So she's in. So a reporter's in Dunbar, West Virginia. They're having flooding. And the guy's in the studio and the young lady is doing a a live field hit. And for people that don't know, when you see some of these things, some of these reporters, they don't have cameramen. They are the cameraman. They set up their own shots and everything. They they flip the 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 um, the viewer over so they can see that they're lined up properly. Right height, all of those things. And. When in the world that we live in, this is not safe. This is not safe. We've seen people come up and attack re- re- reporters. We've seen all kinds of kind of stuff. But here is what happened to this lady. And now we're starting to experience, unfortunately, in freeze thaw, we see this water main breaks. She got hit I, by a car. Got hit by a car, but I'm okay. I just got hit by a car, but I'm well, okay, Tim. That's the first um, for you on okay. TV, Tori. We're all good. I'm okay. Yeah, you know, that's live TV for you. It's all good. I actually got hit by a car in college, too, just like that. Wow. I am so glad I'm okay. Yeah. You're okay. You're okay. We're all good. This is, uh... You know what? It's, uh, one woman sure you're man. okay, Tori? We're good, Tim. Ma'am, you are so sweet and you are okay. It is all good. You know, I... I, Oh, Lord. So you... You know, it's my last week on the job and I think this would happen. So you were bumped in... Were you bumped down low, Tori, or were you hit up high? I couldn't really tell from the looking. I, I I don't even. Do you know if I was bumped down low or up high, sir? I just saw you disappear. I don't even know. I don't even know, Tim. I my whole life just flashed before my eyes. Oh, but this happen. is live TV, and everything's okay. I I thought I was in a safe spot, but clearly, um, we might need to move the camera over a bit. Yeah. So let me do that while I'm thinking in, of it. Now, to, just to set oh, the stage you for know? you once again, Tori's in an area right now where there's been a water main break, so there are emergency vehicles around there. And a lot of times, what we have seen in those kind of situations yeah. are. In, when emergency vehicles are around, there's a lot of confusion from people about drivers about where to go. So it's possible people that's get what distracted there. a little bit. Yeah. Sorry, you didn't even see. Oh the car God, coming. that woman. That- She's so gangster for that, bro. But I guarantee you, she woke up this morning like, oh my neck, my back, my neck, and my back. <laughs> there is no way this lady is okay. You cannot get hit by a car and be 100% okay. She is feeling like ass today, bro. She's hurting severely. And, and the, like, she was in shock, her face. And she just tried to keep it together. And this lets you know how people who do live TV or live streams or whatever, they're crazy people because you will keep going no matter what. Dude, one day on this show, I cut my leg uh, underneath the table on something. I bled on the floor rather than stop the live stream. <laughs> bled on the floor, bro. So, uh, so yeah. We can't hear you, Ralph. <laughs> I I had to mute myself to keep from swearing. I hate everything about that video and uh, everything about 
everything about every reaction to that video has been Why? really hard to stomach all day because it's every it, because you get into the whole thing of like when somebody affects a media member and you work in media, you follow a lot of media members, everyone's going to have an opinion. And then everybody that follows those media members gets their opinion on a subject that, that they they either have no experience with or they feel like it invites them to also partake in the giving of opinions. So my entire timeline all morning long has been everybody commenting on everything from the driver to her, to the nature of news as a business, to the <laughs> reaction of the anchor and whether or not he's a dick, he cared not enough expressing for immediate concern. And it's in, and you know, a, a few of the things I do find interesting because, and this will get us into a, a, one of our next topics, people on TV unless you're an anchor are paid peanuts. And I say yeah. this as a former teacher that I would not have left teaching to do television news. Oh and I God. was the lowest paid teacher in my school and in the state. I was the made the lo lowest amount that you could possibly have even been able to make teaching in high school. Um, so, you know, I, and I would not have left to do, to do television. So they are paid absolute peanuts and not a lot of people know that. And to be out there um, working for a station that's making you do a live hit solo, like yeah. that's not super safe. So you've seen a lot of people comment on, on that. Uh, one of the other things, one of the first things that came into my mind was like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Don't say yes. you're okay. Correct. That's the thing I was saying. Do not say you're okay because you may not be okay. Right, and you've just created literal viral evidence to the contrary. Yeah, but could, I do think that people will be... The way that you were trained as a journalist. Yeah, but if, if I'm on a jury, but maybe I'm a different person, I'm looking at her face, and I see the shock on her face, and she's like, I'm okay, I'm okay, and I recognize, too, as a person who played football, sometimes you feel like you're okay when you walk out of the stadium, and then the next day you're like, oh, snap, I'm not okay. Yeah, yeah, and, and she ended up, she said it was her last week on the job. <laughs> Before she moves to another station, and now and now she's become a, a viral sensation. That was scary. That was and and that was like legitimately scary too. I think. Hell that yeah. Like, um, that there wouldn't have been anybody from the station out there to support her in that moment if she was not. Um. Okay. I don't have any comment on the anchor though. I think all the comments about whether he did or did not. I think he did everything he was trained to do, yeah. which was keep keep the situation under control, stay calm. Stay communicative. And that's what he did. Issue with him. Yeah. Yeah. I have no problem with him as well. Now, on to the Wharton School of Business, which is one of the top business schools in all of the land. So <laughs> um, uh, a teacher said that she went and asked Wharton. Wait, is she a teacher or a reporter? I forgot. I think she might be a journalist. Yeah. Uh, so that she asked Wharton students what they thought the average American worker makes per year. And 25% of them thought it was over six figures. One of them thought it was $800,000 and really not sure what to make of this because the real number is 45,000. So I took from this, right? Obviously there are some people 
who who go to Wharton or at least a, a decent proportion. I would guess 50 percent of people who go to Wharton are probably come from a family of professionals. Right. 50 percent or more. Right. Whether Wharton it's is, Wharton is the business wing of University of Pennsylvania, which is correct. an Ivy League school. Correct. So I would venture to say that better than 50 percent of them come from families that and I'm and in general, I'm a good estimator. So and I feel like 50 percent is low, but I feel safe saying saying that that 50. What do you think? What do you think the cost of a master's in business? Because that's that's typically like a 16 to 18 month program. 16 to 18 months. For an MBA, sure. At, at Wharton. Yeah. 16 to 18 months. So that's almost two years. I'm going to go. Ooh, I don't know how much the tuition is at, at Wharton. So I'm going to guess the tuition at Wharton because I know what it is at private schools. So probably somewhere between 48 and 70 a year for undergrad. So probably 70 grand for your masters. Uh, buck 15. $115,000 masters. See, I would rather underestimate than over. See, so, but, but thing (laughs) is, but I, but I went off of, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so, but the idea though, that you believe that most people make 800, that someone thought $800,000 and most believe six figures that leads you to believe that the people that, that they are around in their life make over, make over six figures. So, so that is what your normal is, right? So if you ask kids that go to my son's high school, how much kids, uh, how much they, they think parents make on, on average, you're going to probably get some pretty high numbers. But if you ask kids who go to, you know, a different school in a different area, you're going to get different answers because that's who their peer group or their parents peer group is like these are people who take vacations and, you know, sometimes have summer houses or, you know, they they go on work retreats and all, like so I didn't find anything alarming in that 25 percent. I just it just only reaffirmed that a lot of people who make money are not in touch with who end up being politicians and all of this stuff are not in touch with the regular person. Right. I, there's probably not a whole lot of people at Wharton whose parents worked food service. Correct. You know, unless that include like uh, running multiple catering companies. <laughs> or <something like> <laughs> but, you know, th- th- there's probably not a lot of people at Wharton whose first job paid minimum wage. Correct. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely not going to demonize somebody who's born into money. I hope that my kids' kids are like that's the whole trying to level up generation. Like, yes, I hope I hope that my kids put their kids in situations to not know how much stuff costs. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it is it, it is important to at least be in touch with that, especially if you're going to be um, if you're going to be going into business, uh, having having the understanding. Um, of of what it is to uh, not only create a, a good situation for yourself, but to create a living wage for somebody else. Um, and I think that that's increasingly important. The one thing that social media has done 
that is definitely positive is it's given uh, an equal footing of voice to the working class. Like people can share their employment experiences. You have websites like Glassdoor. You have all of these other situations where people can review their employers. They can talk about their salary. They can understand the salary of all these other different organizations and make good decisions for them on where they want to go work. Um, and so you don't want to go out into the business world being ignorant of, of what it is you're doing for people. But hopefully some of those students are so stupid that they go outside and they start businesses where they do start people out at six figures. Because, <laughs> like, can you imagine that, like, their their ignorance actually creates better situations yes. for class people because they exactly. set out to pay people six figures. That'd be or, or they get into business and they're like, oh, shit, I can't pay people this. Right. Right. And, that, was, and that's uh, I was a dummy. Yeah. And I do think that, like, I think that people um, we hear more and more about, like, living wage and the average, the average. If you it, let's look at that forty five thousand dollars, George, if you were in um, sixth grade and athletics wasn't like a, there was no like professional athletics to look forward to. And somebody told you, like, man, you could grow up and make $45,000 a year. What would you have thought of that in that moment? Mm. I would have been like, okay. I, I, wait, how, how old am I? Like 12. Like 12. And somebody said, like, man, you, you grow up, you get an accounting job, make $45,000 a year. I would have said, that doesn't sound like a lot, but, I mean... I, I guess I, I mean I was looking forward to I was like I want to make a million dollars like like that right. number in that. and yeah. of itself like held some significance even though I didn't understand it that number meant something to me though yeah I would have at 12 years old I would have looked at that and said like how much is an Arby's melt and how much is a movie ticket <laughs> can $45,000 get me a movie <sighs> ticket on Saturday because I'm just going to movie hop Anyway, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go to four movies for the price of one. Yeah, and then can I get an Arby's melt afterward? And if the answer is yes, then you could pay me a million dollars, or you could pay me twenty thousand dollars. It wouldn't have mattered. I probably still think that way, but like, I don't. I don't think that. Uh, I I genuinely don't think that that would have been something that was like uh, terrible to me because I I'm not I'm not sure what my financial priorities were at the time. It'd be interesting to talk to some of these people who answered that survey that believe. Um, that that's what the average salary is just to see what their mindset was when they were younger. Yep. Well, that makes sense. Fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live at bed. Three, six, five. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. 
you'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Some people say you know them can't believe Jamaica, we have a bobsled team We have yes. the Wanderers <laughs> And no one junior You Sanka The fastest of the fastest of Jamaican sprinters Go to Olympics, fight for Jamaica Of course Cool runnings Some people say they know they can't believe Jamaica, we have a bobsled team Bro the reason why this is important, aside from that being one of my all-time favorite movies, right? I've seen that movie probably more times than I've seen any other movie that I've ever seen. Rest and, in peace, John Candy. Yeah. And now, Jamaica, after over two decades of not qualifying for the Winter Olympics, has qualified for the four-man bobsled and... And they qualified in three different events, and I love it. And I'm going to be cheering for Jamaica like pig. You mean like uh, penguins and igloos and ice? And, dude, they have that. There's nowhere for them to practice. I, I'm the best push cart driver in all of Jamaica. I must drive. I, I see pride. I see power. I see a badass mother who won't take no crap off nobody. You sound like Chet Hanks. <laughs> um, I have a question for you. Okay. Let's say that it comes down to the last day, the last run, United States versus Jamaica. 
Who are you cheering for to take the gold? Oh, oh my God. Are you kidding me? To take home the gold or just, yeah. or the, to or the bronze the or the bronze. Like one's got to get a bronze and the other one gets nothing because, because if one gets the gold, right? Because if one okay. gets the gold, the other one still gets a good prize. So, so, True. so you can up the stakes even more by, by making it a bronze. Okay. And four. Okay. So one is going to metal. One is not going to metal. Like, like the United States is in third in line for the bronze. Jamaica's about to make their final run. What are you hoping for in that moment? Mm. Exactly what happened in the movie (laughs) where like, (laughs) where like somebody had messed up their sled and then they carry it across and then they get a great story after. Um, So you, what you're saying is you are, you are rooting for America through and through. Uh, in, in that scenario, no, I, I got me, me and Chet Hanks will be rooting for the Jamaicans, bro. <laughs> and, and I feel, I feel so like- bad for saying that, but, but in this case alone, because, because I'm a, I root for America during, during Olympic games, period. Right. But there are the occasional times that because of a story that you're like, ah, yeah, yeah, I'm cool with them winning. So the fact that they haven't qualified, Cool Runnings is one of my favorite movies. And if they can get a medal, I need them to get a medal. I don't care who it affects. Okay. Do you think that there's a lot of Americans who just sort of consider Jamaica as part of America? Because I kind of feel that way. Not like I, I feel like there are. You I'm mean not saying like I feel the, that way myself. You mean like Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands part of America? That, that yes, yes. That who treat Jamaica sort of like Puerto Rico. Like when Usain Bolt does something good, they're like, "Yeah, we did it." Or when when uh, they're they're putting on a Bob Marley album, they're like, "Man, we made some great music back in the day." Like I hmm. genuinely feel like. See, I there think the Bob people- Marley music, yes. But when it comes to Usain Bolt running against, but but that but that's the thing is, I didn't like Tyson Gay or her or um or Justin Gatlin, Justin that, Gatlin that much. So I was happy that I rooted for Usain Bolt. Oof, I yeah, wanted I to see him. To here. But but like when it came to like the the Jamaican women versus Allison Felix or anybody else. I was all America. So this is this is my question then. Do you think that Americans treat Jamaica the kind of the way that what they that we treat Canada? Like we just assume that like anything they do, they're like, yeah, that's nice that we let you do that. Um, or we have some type of claim over it, or you were influenced by us in some way. Yes, yes, absolutely. I feel that way too. I and I I think that I think that most people wouldn't admit it straight away, but I do feel like when uh, certain countries, certain countries do something, you know, like if Mike Myers makes a funny movie, we're like, oh, yeah, Hollywood star Mike Myers. That's one of us. Yeah. That's one of ours. It, Instead it, of like, that guy's definitely Canadian. Yeah. Oh, but but on a side note, do you know what is one of the things that kind of like rubs me the wrong way a little bit, but I've gotten used to it now is mm-hmm. like when I'm watching Snowfall and then I realize that the main actor is British. And he's playing like a black guy who is. So from, you're saying like the Idris Elba like, situation. Y- 
Yes, but like I understand he's British, but he's not playing like an American like archetype that I know myself. You know what I mean? You you are you telling me you don't know any stringer bells? Oh damn, you are 100% right. Yes. I feel like you, you know some stringer bells, George. Yes, I do know stringer bells, bro. I know stringer bells. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but see that thing is Idris Elba's been at it so long I forgot about that. Right. Where like right. then you'll hear him talking with a British accent and you're like, "Really? Really Dexter? Really Dexter?" Come on, man. <laughs> like like we don't we don't have any American-born actors who can play this role. <laughs> All right. Uh, last thing up. Ralph told me about this. Insta- Instagram is uh, setting up an OnlyFans Patreon type service where you can pay for uh, content, subscribe to people's content. Is this good or bad? I knew that this was going to happen, Ralph. I knew that this was going to happen because the same way Instagram killed TikTok. The same way that when, um, you know, Vine, I, I'm, I'm sorry, not not killed TikTok. I meant Vine. Um, but the they way, went through through stories and reels. They have tried to appropriate. They're trying. Yep. Instagram's trying to take take back what Vine or what TikTok took from them. Yep. So now you find it. So now you're sitting there like, wow, bro. And I knew that this was going to happen because metaverse meta or facebook whatever the hell you call that place now um they want to be kings of 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 everything so this is going to last this is going to work up until the point of right up until the point of and so so only fans is going to be left for people who are quote unquote on the fringes because Instagram is not going to allow that sort of content because they're going to be back in front of Congress and all of that stuff if they do allow it. So uh, so only fans will still be for for uh, for people to do their sex work and Instagram will be for other people to do other things. Do you think because now we see Twitter blue, um, which is a subscription based version of Twitter. Um, we see Facebook buying Activision for billions of dollars so that they can incorporate uh, like gaming and game worlds into the metaverse. We see Instagram moving to subscription based stuff so that celebrities and athletes can have like private reveals for their subscribers. Um, it used to just be if anything out there was free, um, then the product is you. <laughs> you are the product. Yeah. Like the. And so now we're moving into a situation where all of these free things where we became the product actually have ways for the creators on them to make money. What is driving this? Is this just like the if you don't if you don't provide uh, uh, some worth for your biggest and best content creators, they will go create another platform where they can be the ones that benefit. Correct. Um, you, you think that's it? Yeah. And they realize that. Patreon is doing really well and people are doing it that that way. So they're like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. We want to keep people on our app. So and we're big enough to where we can just steal what they're doing and just put it on ours and they'll use ours because they're using ours no matter what. Yeah. Yep. 
<clears throat> so will you subscribe? Is there anybody on Instagram at all that could drive you to, to pay a subscriber fee to see exclusive content? Countryway. Countryway, like some of the comedians and stuff like that. I enjoy some of their work a lot. So, so yes, like where they literally, they make money off of Instagram now, but they have, but they have content that is like, they tell stories. Like it's, it's like watching yeah. a, a TV episode, but on, on, on Instagram. So yes, I would subscribe to him. Probably just hilarious. Um, yeah. And a few other people. I- I would pay music artists to yes. see them perform live. Yes. So I don't have to leave my house. <laughs> Dude, yes. If I were a singer, if I could sing like that, I would put on Instagram concerts once a week. And, and or virtual concerts where people could pay to get in. Like and I might not sing my own songs. I probably cover other people's songs or like mm-hmm. do a combination of mine and theirs. L- let them listen to a jam session with new music. Dude, there's so many uh, options for for people who have actual talent. Put let them in on the songwriting process. Yes, or if like, you are let them see workshop a song, that'd be sick. Yes, or like if you're an athlete, let them watch your workouts. That'd be interesting. That'd be really interesting. Yeah, I, I would definitely, uh, I definitely want to know uh, what the hell Chris Paul does. <laughs> yes, <laughs> or or LeBron James. because yes. I'm as I approach my late. LeBron 30s, ain't letting you in, though. No. LeBron ain't letting you <laughs> in. But he 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 he's gonna he'll 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 start the uh, LBJ six method, and and then you can pay for it that way because it'll yeah, be I just want I, I just want to know what. Anybody who is over the age of 35, what are you doing to not make weird noises when you get out of bed in the morning? I just want to see it. <laughs> I love it. You guys, that is Reister Wrong for the Day. I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amson. Peace out. Catch you guys later. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.